Dental Intelligence is the world's smartest software to manage and grow your practice. They simplify the daily activities that are most important to you. One of those daily activities they simplify is your morning huddle, the most important 10 to 15 minutes of your day. Adom Radio is very excited to bring on the CEO of Dental Intelligence, Weston Lunsford, on the podcast today to share with you why. Ready to learn, grow, and take your practice to the next level? Let's do this. Welcome, everybody, to ADOM Radio, the podcast for dental managers. I'm your host, John Stamper, and thanks for joining us. Guess what? ADOM Radio is now on Spotify. Check it out. Chilling out on the weekend, listen to some great tunes with friends and family. Be sure to check out ADOM Radio and download the latest podcast on Spotify. So our guest today on ADOM Radio, CEO of Dental Intelligence, Weston Lunsford, loves helping people and teams to achieve their potential. It's his passion and focus. Now, as co-founder and CEO, Weston leads a growing team committed to guiding dental practices in their efforts to master the business of dentistry. He especially enjoys meeting with and teaching practice owners, dentists, and other team members effective principles of success, which you're going to hear today on the podcast. He's a father of five. He loves spending time with his family on Lake Powell, mountain bike riding, including coaching a local high school team and serving others in his local community. ADOM Radio and Dental Intelligence are very excited to spend some time today with Weston Lunsford. What's going on, ADOM Radio Nation? Very excited to be with you here for another episode on ADOM Radio and very excited not only for our topic today, but for our guest. And we are going to touch on what could be, and in many cases is probably the most important 15 minutes of your day in the dental practice, which we're going to get into here in a second. But as you may have seen uh, when you downloaded the podcast, the title of our podcast today is Making the Most of Your Morning Huddle. And Adom Radio is very excited and honored to have Weston Lunsford, who's the CEO of Dental Intelligence, joining us on the podcast today. How are you doing, Weston? Really good. Thanks, John, for having us and inviting me here with you today. I'm, I'm uh I'm excited to be with you guys and talk about the subject. This is something we're super passionate about. So really looking forward to this conversation. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And so what we're going to talk about today, everybody, is just a couple of the learning objectives. We're going to really key in on some of the four the four principles of a, of a successful morning huddle, uh, touch on a little bit about the three to one rule for employee feedback, and then also get into a little bit about how to motivating you know, how to motivate your team with data, and I know that's a lot of the stuff that Weston's going to talk about. We're going to pr- primarily focus on the huddle, but but how his team at Dental Intelligence has done a great job in bringing data into the people aspect of our business. So that's what we're going to talk on. And before we get started, Weston, would love to have you share just a little bit about your story and and how you got to to where you are today. Yeah, well, it's been a fun journey. I, I, I mean, like most people, you, you end up doing going down a course that oftentimes opens up more doors and windows for you. And that's really what happened here at Dental Intel. I, I started a CPA practice back in 2004. And I, I don't like to view myself as a boring accountant. I've always kind of been someone that tried to not that all accountants are boring. How about that? Sorry, <laughs> I had a bunch that were working for me. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I started out focusing in tax accounting and outsourced CFO work. 
And uh, I really fell in love with the CFO side of things and, and really working with different organizations and helping them forecast and budget and hit marks. Um, and that was, that was really strategic for, for our firm too, to be really more proactive with, with different com- customers that we worked with or clients at that time. And uh, I happened to be working in medical and started touching in some dental, started working with an orthodontist back in 2004. And that orthodontist loved what we were doing for him. And so he started referring us to several dentists. And eventually, before I knew it, I was working with hundreds of dentists and loved them. Um, in fact, I, I, we worked with several hospitals, too, and, and, and working with these hospitals and, and with the or family practices in the medical side and working with dentists actually really enjoyed working on the dental side a lot more because dentists by nature were more entrepreneurial. Um, they, they had a thirst for learning and wanted to know. And I think that they recognized that they didn't receive a lot of business training while they were going to school and they wanted that information. So it was a lot of fun to share the information that I had learned and that I'd seen success uh, work when you apply different principles in, into their business. And so I started focusing very heavily on that. That got us to a point where I needed more information to give them more information. And the information I was seeking for was data to support the business principles that we were teaching. And there just was no good system out there to get this data into the hands of the doctors, of their office managers, and of the team members in that practice. And that's what started us on the journey of really doing data aggregation and integrations with practice management software so that we could have what we have today, uh, which is dental intel. And it was interesting, you know, John, as I, I went down that path, I was building that for our team members in the CPA firm, our, our coaches and our CPAs to really work with the dental practices. And I remember my first call that I got um, from a doctor who I'd worked with for several years. And he started off the call by saying how much he loved working with us and what we've done for them. And I was just feeling it and thinking, yeah, this has been great. I, I knew that we had doubled this doctor's practice over the course of two years. And uh, it was good, solid growth. And so I was excited about what was happening, too. And then towards the middle of this conversation, he says, well, just know that I love you. But I was hoping that I could just buy the dashboard. I don't feel like I need the consulting anymore. <laughs> and uh, that, at first, it crushed my heart. I mean, I was in the service industry, so it was hard for me to hear that. Um, I had no idea how to even sell our solution separate from that because it was so far away from my mindset. And um, it was not, it, it wasn't even five days later, it was the same week, I got another call from a doctor back east who had a very similar conversation with me. And I was at dinner with a friend of mine and he could see that I was discouraged. And he asked me what was going on. I said, well, it's been two weeks or two, two of my clients just told me within the same week that they're not wanting the consulting services anymore that they've been getting for the past year, year and a half, but they want my dashboard. And he looked at me and said, Weston, you're an idiot if you don't think that's a good thing. And those were his exact words. So <laughs> that really got me thinking. I, I, I still had a hard time with it because I love working with people and, right. and being very hands-on with them. But I started thinking a lot about that and started thinking, you know, this is something that's really missing in this industry is good, healthy information that office managers, that practice owners, and that team members can get their hands on so that they can make well-informed decisions. So we started putting our focus on that, 
And that was really the birthing point of Dental Intel. You know what's interesting, Weston, is that hearing that story, thank you for sharing that, by the way, it's it's like there was the first part, which was, you know, you hearing that that consulting piece somewhat goes away with the design of your dashboard. But I know we're going to get into this in a second, but now on the other side of it, like I look at the growth of Dental Intel and all the great things you guys are done for dental practices, I would have to think that that has come back on the other side, right? Because once you share this data and this platform with a lot of practices, they still want answers just in a different way, right? Now, all of a sudden, I can see what my practice looks like. And in many cases, I'm sure they still need direction. So I'm curious how that transition has come about, you know, from that initial conversation. It's interesting because it's changed. You know, the, those original doctors that were calling and telling me this had received that training consulting for over a year, right? So they were well-informed already. And so when new doctors come on to solutions and get this data in their hands, and especially office managers, as they see information that they've never seen before, they still need to be taught on how to use it, which we love that. That's our favorite part about what we do here at Dental Intel is jumping on phones or video screen shares or even in the offices. I'm heading to an office next week to do a training is still being very involved and in teaching what do these numbers mean and how do we actually use them to improve patient care and uh, team member performance in the practice. So it's still a lot of fun. It just hurt at first. So I still get it. I still get it going. It just hurt at first because they're basically saying, I don't want you, but I want your product. <laughs> so. Oh, that's interesting. I love it. All right. So you mentioned the data and creating this window for the practices and obviously the value that it has brought about for dental practice owners. But we're going to talk today a little bit about the morning huddle and really focus it around office managers. And as you know, Weston, you know, ADOM has such a awesome group of office managers that really take their job very seriously uh, look at their practices as if they are their, it's their own business. In a lot of cases, as you know, it is, if it's a practice, that's doing one and a half or $2 million a year in dentistry, that office manager is essentially somewhat responsible for, for running a $2 million company. So I'm certain that this data that now they have access to is super important, but we want to talk a little bit about the morning huddle and, and, start there because like you mentioned, I mean, that in many cases, if, if done right and to get the day started can be the most important 15 minutes of the day. Yeah, I would absolutely say the morning huddle is the most important 15 minutes of every single day. And some offices aren't able to do that in the morning, so they do it at lunchtime. Um, but the concept is still the same. That 15 minutes is the time to really energize, identify and create expectations for, for your team. And especially for this office manager or regional manager, administrative director, whatever title you really have out there, the concept is still the same. You are the quarterback in that practice. And oftentimes I feel like our office managers are not empowered enough or for some reason they just don't feel that empowerment and they need to get it. Whether the doctor actually gives it to them or whether they just take it, they need to have it. Because I can tell you right now that all the practice owners out there, they want their office managers to fill this empowerment. But they are the quarterback. And this is the 15-minute huddle that they have. And, and in any, any football game, you don't get 15 minutes in a huddle. You get small little sections after every single play. 
And this is this is the huddle before the day should start. And so, yeah, I, I do want to spend some time on it because I think that we underutilize this 10 to 15 minutes and we're not really getting out of our huddles what we should. And that's not every practice, by the way, John, and, and you and right. I both know that we talk yeah. about it because I've I've been in several where I've watched these morning huddles and they were so artfully done. In fact, our morning huddle solution that we have in our product that we built was based off of me walking into a dental practice and watching their morning huddle and just watching it flow and the perfection that came from it and the outcomes of that day that came from those morning huddles. And so I I recognize there are some that are really ran well, but it's still even that practice in order to get the information they needed to have that effective morning huddle. It took that poor sweet office manager a solid hour the day before to gather everything she needed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, to do that huddle and, and we wanted to remove some of that stress. So these these uh OMs, they are quarterbacks. They need to see themselves as the quarterback. They're the one calling the plays, identifying the needs, identifying the wants, and making sure that the team is having fun doing it too, right? I can remember can I go back to a high school football game I was in real quick? Please is, absolutely. Please. Yes, right. let's go. Let's go back. <laughs> I love football. I was never really good enough to play in college, or at least I didn't think I was, so I didn't go that far. But I did play in high school, and, and I did start as my sophomore year and, and on the varsity team. And I remember in my junior year, um, I was going out. I was a wide receiver, and I was going on my run on, on, my, on my line, and I, the ball hit me in the hands, and I had the ball, and within seconds, I was hit so hard that that ball did not stay in my hands. And I recognized I should have, I should have still held on to it, but it hurt. I mean, the hit hurt, everything hurt. I got hit the moment it hit my hands and I dropped the ball. I came back to that huddle and um, Steve Lake, who was my quarterback at the time, looked at me and he just started laughing. And then he said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm all right. That wasn't great. And then he said, look, I kind of left you out for, for, uh, to, to hanging there a little bit. And I apologize. We're going to run the same play, but a little different route. And in my mind, I'm thinking there is no way I'm going to go do this again. I just got killed. I'm not ready. I need a break. And, um, and then my running back who was Jason Schofield at the time looked at me and said, Weston, that was sweet. Everything was done right. I missed my block, which allowed that defensive end to come out. I will not miss it this time. And uh, and it was interesting. I can remember this whole huddle because when I was sitting there feeling almost like a loser, in a sense, um, I had a whole team sitting there building me back up and they were all identifying what they needed to go out and to do in order to be successful on this next play. And quarterbacks do this every single play. They're having this morning huddle and they quarterback and they are fully orchestrate a conversation amongst those 11 players on that field to be able to make sure that when they go out and they get on that line, everyone's going to be playing their part so that success can happen so that they can move the the ball down the field. And uh, this is the same thing that these office managers have the ability to do. They have the ability to make sure that in the first 15 minutes of that day, that every single team member knows what they need to know and they have confidence in what they need to have confidence in so that they can go execute the play really well that day. And if done right, I'm telling you, magical things will happen. We had a a practice just recently tell us that by focusing in their morning huddle with the information 
that they needed to get in their hands and getting the whole team wrapped around this. This is what they were focusing on increasing treatment acceptance percentage, meaning the treatment they, they presented that day, they wanted to make sure patients left with it scheduled. And they talk about that every single morning huddle and, and uh, they had the information around that. But they told us that immediately the next week, 10% was an increase that they saw on their same day treatment acceptance percentage. And that's significant. And th that's the type of powerful things that can happen from these morning huddles. If, if that office manager can see herself as the quarterback of this team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention, and I'm glad you brought it up a little bit, which you guys uh, rightfully so have some data on this as you start to work with a lot of these practices and are able to really create a sandbox around the actual performance of what this means. And I know one of the things that we had talked about is that morning huddles, I mean, practices that do these in a lot of cases, you know, can perform practices that don't by 30%. And I think to your point, whether that be a scheduling metric or case acceptance or any of those items, which we all know are all important in, in, in getting those patients back into the practice, it all matters. And I think what's very creative about the morning huddle, and especially with what you guys have done, and it, it is a combination of both communication and data, right, Weston? It's, it's right. you know, I'm sure you've seen it. There's, you know, there's practices that they come in and they just share the data. And then sometimes there's a glossy look over the rest of the team. And then there's practices on the other side of the scope that are maybe just talking about some communication items and not sharing the data. But it, I think what you guys are seeing with a lot of these successful practices is when they're able to combine both of those and be good at both of those, that's really when the magic happens. You are 100% right. Just, just holding a huddle anymore is not sufficient. It's just, it's not. I mean, we're in a very competitive landscape now, especially in dentistry with everything that's going on. And so we need to be efficient and effective. And, and standing in a room, John, every single morning or in an offertory and talking about the numbers, it's good. It's much better than if you're not doing it, but it's absolutely not good enough. What you discuss in your huddle and how and when your team meets matters a lot. Um, and so there are absolute keys to holding an effective morning huddle. Uh, which KPIs should you guys be paying attention? Who should be really leading that huddle? And what should that individual be sharing? And how should they create a collaborative conversation amongst the other team members so that they also feel part of orchestrating how success looks today? What is their role? What's the role of the practice owner? And what's the difference between the office manager and a practice owner in that morning huddle? Um, and we, we've spent a lot of time on this. I mean, this is something that we, we study ongoing. It's the number one thing that I look to do when I go into a dental office. And I usually am going into an office myself at least twice, if not more than that, every single month. The one thing that I'm looking for is watching morning huddles to see how people are orchestrating those. And I've seen some powerful ones, and I've seen some that are weak, and I see some that are good that just need a little bit of refinement. But there are key principles that one should follow in order to have an effective and efficient morning huddle to get outcomes that they're hoping to get, which is, right. which is drive more patient care and not just more, but even better patient care, getting better dentistry done with the patients that are coming in. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So let's get into, if, if you're all right, maybe some of those, you know, three or four principles that really drive a successful morning huddle. Some of the things that you've seen. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, I, I think we, we, we basically have a four-step process with the morning huddle. 
and there's four main areas. And then within these areas, there's some steps within them too, but let me just talk high level on this. The first thing that we should be reviewing in every single morning huddle is yesterday. And that doesn't need, you don't need to spend a ton of time on yesterday, but you do absolutely need to focus on yesterday, especially those items that the office manager identified the day before that needed to be addressed or that team members identified that needed to be addressed. You should review those things. And yes, sometimes that's standing and looking at some of the data, looking at some of the numbers, not just production. It doesn't do anyone any good to say, hey, we missed our production goal by $5,000. Well, talk about the whys. Everyone can see that on the number. Everyone knows that. It doesn't need to be highlighted. The things that need to be highlighted are the things that can impact that number today. But we still need to focus on it. So focusing on yesterday, and you kind of talked about this right at the beginning of this. I want to just speak briefly to it right now. When we look at data, or when we look at numbers and performance of yesterday, how did we do? And there's some specific things that we feel strongly that you should look at, but here's the rule. It's called a three to one rule. Three celebrations before every helpful one observation. Meaning if I'm gonna identify something that I observe that we need to improve on as a team or an individual needs to improve on individually, that person or that team needs to hear three positives before the one observation. It is so important because if we don't and we focus on all the things that we need to work on and we don't focus on the things that we're doing well in, then it's going to be a very negative environment. And that's the last thing anyone wants to create in any organization. And this may sound easy, John, but it's not. No, it's it not. It's not an easy thing to do. No. Um, we tend to focus on the negative, always. Yep. And so it's important that before you start your morning huddle, that as the office manager, if you're the one leading that huddle, and if you're the doctor leading the huddle, I'd strongly suggest moving that to the office manager. Or if you don't have an office manager right now, empower someone to at least own the morning huddle outside of yourself. Because that person, the doctor or the owner, should be a supporting role, not the one leading and directing and guiding this. But if, if when I look at yesterday, before I start my morning huddle, I need to identify some things that I'm going to celebrate. That can be calling out an individual team member on how they interacted with the patient. That can be looking at hygiene reappointment percentage. That can be looking at the front desk and the reschedule rate that they had for, for the prior day on getting unscheduled active patients rescheduled. Whatever it is, find three successes and celebrate those. And then that individual should be looking at what would have been the greatest win for the practice yesterday had we executed well on that. That's your one helpful observation. It might have been treatment acceptance percentage was sitting at 20% yesterday. So the, after celebrating, that office manager could, could then lead a conversation briefly around, hey, yesterday I also noticed that our treatment acceptance percentage was about 20% lower than our goal. And what I want us all to focus on as a team today is what our individual impact is on how we impact patients saying yes or no to treatment. From the time that patient comes into the practice to every single person's hands that touches that practice, that includes the hygienist, the assistant, the dentist, the treatment coordinator, the scheduler. What impact do you have on them saying yes to the treatment? that the doctor identifies that patient needs in order to get healthy or stay healthy. How can you help that patient feel comfortable? 
And if she has the conversation around that one observation in that aspect, now she's got a whole team happy because we celebrated. And now they're all focused around what they can do individually to help team member or patients say yes to treatment. So that's the three to one rule. Does that make sense? That's on yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, I want to say this, if I may, real quick. I think I think what's very impressive, Weston, is that uh, you guys have really um, blazed a trail with data and dentistry because and, and you've seen this firsthand from from starting this this company you know, when data was new and, and, and being shown to dental practices, like you said, it's been around for a while and there were certainly CFOs and accountants and consultants that were helping with the data, but to really bring it to this new level and to put it out there, I know, I mean, I've seen this in my own right, how that was going to be digested in dentistry and what those num- numbers all of a sudden meant to these teams, which as you know, were not always familiar with numbers or what it meant. I right. think to be able to come up with an approach like that uh, is exciting. And I'm glad that, that you guys have done that because, um, I mean, as you know, firsthand, sharing numbers with some of these teams, you know, especially some of the team members that, may, that aren't always the doctor, you know, the practice owner, uh, it's not always easy. And so I love that. I love that three to one rule a lot. It's, and it gets everyone on the same page. Here's, here's the reality about team members in a dental office is everyone needs to know what's expected of them. And if they can come in in a day knowing what was expected of them, then they're going to be able to have much more success in trying to reach that expectation than those that are trying to guess and not really know. Oftentimes you hear people say, we need to do better. We didn't hit our goal. We need to produce more. Well, what does that really even mean? Um, so it, it's important to call out some specifics around that. And production is so lagging that that's not very specific. We need to get right. specific with it. Now, here's, here's something to keep in mind when we're looking at yesterday, too. There are literally over 300 key performance indicators that a practice could look at if they want to. That's overwhelming. I love numbers, and that would be overwhelming for me. You need to narrow it down to what is the greatest opportunity in your practice. Now, we do a pretty good job at this at Dental Intel on identifying what should be focused on every morning. Um, But at the same time, even what we give in yesterday's stats to look at, that could still be overwhelming going through every one of those items. And we only have 30 points of reference on, on yesterday's numbers. So you still need to narrow that down. What is the greatest opportunity for your practice? Is it, is it rescheduling on active patients? Is it my hygiene reappointment percentage? Is it production per visit? Is it treatment acceptance percentage? Is it our collections? Is it the number of new patients? I mean, you've got to look at these numbers and say, what's the biggest win for me as an office manager? If I'm the quarterback, what's going to get me the most yardage today to talk about? And that question should be asked every single day before you start your huddle. And when I'm reviewing yesterday, that should be a, something you're thinking about as an office manager. Before I talk about yesterday, yes, I could go over a hundred different metrics, but what is going to get me the most yardage right now? What's going to create the most positive environment and, and get the most yardage out of that? So make sure you're asking yourself that question, but just don't forget the three to one rule. Um, it's so important. That, so that's step one. Look at yesterday. Step two is move on to today. Now, this is pretty critical. And by the way, throughout all of these steps, John, this three to one rule needs to be a rule across everything you do in your morning huddle. 
You can't just say that applies to yesterday and forget that on today. So if we open up today and we see that we have our holes in our schedule, don't start by talking about the holes in the schedule. That's just not, that's not good. So we, we obviously need to identify the providers that are going to be there and the patients that they're seeing. But we in today believe that you need to be not just looking at what you're doing today, but the opportunities that are available that you're not doing today with the patients that are coming in. So I'm just going to kind of summarize some of these things. For example, if I was looking at Dr. Horn, who's a, a, a lovely doctor uh, back east, and I've been in her practice several times, and I'm actually pulling up her morning huddle right now and her schedule today, I'm just going to glance at it. I can see that she has 10 patients coming in today. Well, that's great. I can also see all the procedures that she's going to be doing with these patients coming in today. That's also great and wonderful. The things that you want Dr. Horn or the hygienist and the assistants as an office manager orchestrating a huddle, what I want them coming to the huddle knowing is my opportunities with these patients that are not scheduled. So for example, Dr. Horn right now, out of all the patients she has coming in, She's got $27,000 of unscheduled treatment on these patients' treatment planner. Well, I would want to know if there's any of this treatment that I might be able to do with the patients that are coming in today before the day even starts. So she should already mentally have that prepared. And, and same with the assistant or her assistant. I can also see that she's got, out of her 10 patients coming in, there is six unscheduled family members. So out of the patients that are coming into her chairs today, there are within those patients, six of them have, or not six of the patients, but there's six unscheduled family members related to these patients that she's seeing today. And then I can also see that she's got two patients that are not scheduled to come into her hygiene. So those are opportunities, right? Now I'm, I'm not just looking at today and who's coming in and what I'm doing today. I'm looking at who's coming in and what needs done with those that are not already on the schedule. So we're, I, I call this looking at and focusing on today's opportunities. And that's so important. And it, and it takes some time to gather this stuff up, but it's so valuable as an office manager to identify the opportunities available with patients. And those fall into these four categories. Opportunities will be either unscheduled treatments, unscheduled family members, past due balances that we need to collect on, and also um, if they're scheduled for or not scheduled for a future hygiene appointment. Those are the four major opportunities that we should be looking at with the patients that are coming in today. And the office manager doesn't have to own that. She should have her clinical teams, the assistants and the doctors and the hygienist already coming in, in their mind mentally knowing what those opportunities are like for the patients that are coming in today. But today is a huge focus. So first priority is yesterday. Second priority is today. Does that make, are you with me or am I losing yeah. you? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, just, I'm with you. Absolutely. Yep. The, the second would be now looking at t tomorrow, right? The two most important days in a dental practice is today and then tomorrow. Those are the two most important days. And so now we're looking at tomorrow and a very similar approach. Obviously, yes, it's no question that we have to deal with any openings in the schedule. But the other thing that we need to look at is the opportunities of those patients that are coming in tomorrow. 
And if we're doing that tomorrow, then when we come into the morning huddle, we'll already have a plan around those patients on how to fit some of that unscheduled treatment in or how to fit that patient in to get her hygiene done if she hasn't been in for hygiene or how to, or how to make sure that we're going to have a conversation about collecting that balance or how to have a conversation about the unscheduled spouse that hasn't been in for eight months. So if, if we're doing the same concept on our patients that are coming in tomorrow, when we come in to, let's say tomorrow is today now, we're already prepared on how we're going to deal with those things. So that would be step number three. So again, yesterday, step one, today, step two, step three is tomorrow. And then step four, John, is to motivate. You've got to end on something super motivational, something that's going to pick people up, make them laugh, get them excited, help them feel like they can accomplish something big today, and uh, a challenge maybe even, but something that's going to motivate them. We call this the DI Motivational Minute in our solution, um, but it is something that's important that leaders are doing with their practices. And so that could be a quick thought. It could be a, a, a story that you're sharing about a patient. It could be something that you're, you're revisiting on vision that you have in your practice. Whatever it is, you need to end that meeting with a motivational minute. And it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be huge or big, but it needs to be impactful. So those would be the four steps to, to walking through a morning huddle and having success in morning huddle and making those 15 minutes super impactful for your team. I love that. To the point, yet uh informative in so many ways and then like you mentioned at the end wrapping it with something motivational versus why didn't we do this yesterday or you know what's the matter with you guys <laughs> or anything like that right. which we know uh doesn't happen a lot but it does and 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 I think again I I'm curious Weston the uh, the whole approach to this morning huddle uh Take us back a little bit about how this came from you guys, you know, building the solution now that you have that, uh, you know, puts all this together, what have you. And, and I know this has been a, a very important thing to you and, and for your company to really focus on this for practices. But we'd love to have you share just a little bit about how this evolved from where you guys started at Dental Intel and what you were starting to see in the data and to really hone in on this morning huddle, what you have identified. And I think so many people would realize really is where it all starts. Yeah, I, you know, we did a survey, um, this was years ago now, back in 2016, shortly after I released what you, what a software company would call MVP or minimal viable product of their solution. And we released that original solution came out in April of 2015. And it wasn't the morning huddle, it was dashboards and data analytics. And I think that what really separates Dental Intel from any other organization that deals with data analytics is we have the smartest software that uses data analytics to create working applications, such as our morning huddle application. And that was a product that was birthed from analyzing data and seeing lack of utilization of data in practices. And so we, we did a survey in 2016 at the beginning of that year, and we asked um, this was a survey, not to office managers, but to dentists. Now, just so you know, from a standpoint, I really care about the OMs far more than any other. Uh, hopefully, this is just OMs listening to this because I don't want to get any like pushback on this. But far more than any other team member, I care most about the OM because I've gotten to know their story so much. They wear so many hats and they do so much. And so much of what they do is so unrecognized. Yeah. It just doesn't 
seen because it's behind the scenes, but man, it's a lot. And, uh, and when we did this survey with the doctors, it was pretty fascinating results. We asked one simple question, what keeps you up at night? That was it. Now, had I done that, and I, I need to do this survey again, but I left it a free form. It was just a free fill. So people would just write in whatever they wanted. We had simple one-word answers. We had sentences. We had some surveys that came back that were like paragraphs and stories about what keeps them up at night. And then we had a team here of analysts that went through all of those and they categorized them. And here's the, here's the thing that was most overwhelming with this. It was, it came, the category that was the highest percentage, it was over 60%. Maybe Curtis Marshall, one of my team members, has shared this with you in the past, but it was over 60% of all the responses came back to concerns with their team. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with, with, uh, with patient care, with practice performance. It, it was with their team. It was an overwhelming uh, survey response of they were worried about their team members. And it wasn't necessarily whether their team was doing their job right or not, but be concerned about just their team members. Are they happy? Are they not happy? Yes. Are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Are they not doing what they're supposed to be doing? And it was interesting. um, The ones that didn't say team and said different responses, we actually reached back out to those doctors and started asking them questions. And we started seeing a very common theme that the ones that consistently were holding morning huddles didn't have this worry about their team. It wasn't there. It wasn't their answer. And on top of it, those individuals that were holding morning huddles were seeing much higher performance metrics, or sorry, much higher standards in the performance metrics that we were measuring. And we really started digesting and analyzing this survey and some of the results from this. In fact, I can tell you right now, average production per visit on average was 16% higher in practices that were consistently holding morning huddles as compared to practices that were not holding morning huddles. So that caused me to really start to analyze effective morning huddles. And I went from practice to practice. I had some practices record their morning huddles and send them to me. I would call them up and say, can you record your morning huddle and email it to me? I would go out to dental offices and I'd watch morning huddles and I spent a good three to four months just watching morning huddles, identifying what was effective, what was not effective. And then I looked at all the data that we had and said, how can I simplify these most effective morning huddles for them? I knew that this took hours of time for them to get the information they really needed in order to to disseminate that information to the team members. And uh, so we started analyzing what could we do to get this information in our hands overnight. So in effect, dental intel at night while you're sleeping is going through and combing through all of the information. And then when you wake up in the morning, just like an assistant is handing you this playbook so that you as an office manager now can go through that. But that's why our morning huddle application came. We saw very clearly that team members that were holding morning huddles weren't worried about the team and that their performance was outpacing those offices that were not doing morning huddles. And it forced us really to say, how do we streamline this for all practices so that all practices could have this benefit of this gathered and easy digestible information that their team could have. Commercial break. Just kidding. 
So every once in a while, for some reason, when we do these podcasts, we get feedback. Not sure why it happened. It just kind of happened out of the blue. So in this section, I wanted to go ahead and let you guys know what I had asked Weston or what I had shared with him because my section, for whatever reason, got crazy feedback, but his was fine. So what I shared with him is how cool I think it is right now that with all the technologies that are out there in dentistry, that a lot of these technology companies are able to take the feedback that they get from all of you and apply it right away and or learn from it pretty quickly and put it back into the product or back into the dashboard or whatever it is that they're offering and then actually make it that much better pretty fast. And I just think it's kind of a cool time to see all that going on. And so here was Weston's thoughts on that. Really good point. I, I think that, um, and sometimes we miss the mark, right? Sometimes we miss it. I'll, I'll be first to own that, that sometimes we hear what is being shared with us and we go out. I think we do a good job of sorting through that recently and, and not missing that mark. But our number one goal is to hear what's happening, what your needs are. We're constantly asking and constantly interviewing. What is the need? What are you missing? What do you wish you had? And then taking this data and building applications to support those needs. And uh, I, I do think that that probably can be a misconception of, of software companies such as Dental Intelligent just building because they think it'd be fun to build. <laughs> I, I wish I could do that because I have a lot of fun things that I want to build. Um, and, and there's a lot of great things out there that could be built, but we are doing our best to listen at what people are needing and, and then going and building that. And it's made a huge difference. I mean, our, when our morning huddle got released, we saw, in fact, I pulled up the survey results here. I'll share some of these statistics really quickly. Pre-appointment percentage is one of them. Those that didn't hold morning per huddle percentage was averaging 54% of their active patients were scheduled to come back in. As compared to those holding a morning huddle, we're sitting at 60%. So that's a, that, that is a 6% difference between pre-appointment percentage. Hygiene reappointment percentage. So when patients leaving my practice after a hygiene visit, those that were holding, not holding morning huddle, the, high, the average hygiene reappointment percentage was sitting at 75%. Compared to those holding a daily morning huddle was sitting at 83%. That's insane. Average production per visit was another one that we looked at. Those not holding morning huddles were averaging $354 per visit as compared to those holding a consistent morning huddle were averaging $413 per visit. I could go down a laundry list of these, but it is, it's important. I mean, this is an important 15 minutes that could literally change how your practice performs and not just so that you can get more production. But we've got to remember that this is also changing the impact on all of your patients' lives. Because by you looking and, and having this 15-minute conversation every single day and measuring and monitoring these things, you're able to help these patients understand and more effectively get them to accept the treatment that you're presenting. And everything starts elevating as the entire team comes together for 15 minutes to review this data and have conversations about this data. Commercial break number two. Yes, a little bit more feedback. So how crazy were those stats about the morning huddle? Pretty amazing, right? And for those of you out there that do a morning huddle, you know the powerful impact it can have, plus staying connected with your team is so important. So I'm so glad that he shared the stats and the data that they are seeing with all the practices that they work with. Now, this next section and this next question that I had for Weston was really a big ask, and it had to deal with 
unscheduled treatment. And what I shared with Weston is that in my time in dentistry and in the short time that I worked with dental practices and helping them grow, one of the things that I saw that amazed me was the amount of unscheduled treatment. There is so much dentistry out there that needs to get done. And I know there's a lot of focus on new patients and things like that, but there are practices within practices. So I wanted to ask Weston, because they have all this data, because they see the impact of unscheduled treatment with all their people that they're working with, if he could share his thoughts on that. And here was his response. It's big. In fact, I, you've probably heard the statistic from us, and, and we've seen the change. And so I, those that are using dental intelligence have a different number. But pre-utilizing dental intel, when we think, and just to give a reference point, our application is on more than 5,000 dental practices right now. So when we analyze and give some benchmarks, this is a pretty significant data sampling. Um, I mean, we're looking at large quantities of data. And so when I give out some of these statistics, I want people to recognize that this is an average of this. I'm not just giving off of a few practices, but over 64% of practices, treatment that gets presented, sorry, 64% of the treatment that is presented, 64% walks out unscheduled and does not get scheduled within the first three months of presenting that treatment. That's, that's not just, in, that's alarming, John. Yes. <laughs> it's a yeah. huge number. Um, right. If we think about your practice right now, you guys know what your annual production was for 2019. I mean, you're all focused on your tax returns right now, and, and you just did probably some year-end, uh, sorry, 2018 year-end reviews. But if you think about what you did in production, then let's just say it's a million dollars. And now you do the math, and you take that number. 64% of treatment walks out unscheduled and is still not scheduled within three months. Now put that 64% and even get 20% of that. What is that going to do to your overall production? It's going to, it's going to skyrocket. Your production will skyrocket. It's the fastest way to increase production in a practice is to focus on treatment acceptance percentage. And um, not only is it going to increase your production, but John, this is where we call these win-wins. What's happening with the patients that are now saying yes? They're getting treatment they need, right? They're getting the health care that they need in order to either A, stay healthy, or B, get healthy. It's one of the two. When treatment's diagnosed and presented to a patient, it's either preventative to, to keep them healthy, or B, it's to get them healthy. And by the way, mental health is big too. So any, if you're a cosmetic practice and you're doing a lot of cosmetic dentistry, um, people are coming in there because they want to look and feel better about themselves. That's also a health issue. And so it's important that when you're presenting these things that you're looking at it in that way, that we're presenting something that's going to either A, keep them healthy or get them healthy. And I think that everyone knows that. But I don't think we talk about that number often enough and the morning huddle is a prime time to do that. It's a perfect time to talk about what percentage of our patients said yes to treatment yesterday. Yep. And, uh, and not just percentage of patients, but what percentage of the treatment did they actually say yes to? It's a, it's a super important metric. Yeah. And again, I know that there's a lot of focus on practices wanting to attract new patients and with all the different marketing platforms that are out there. And that's all good. But as you see it, and you see it firsthand with all of the practices that you work with, there are literally dental practices within dental practices 
enough patients for these dental teams to work with and to help get that care done. And I'm sure you have the exact numbers, but I'm just, I'm going to ask, I think another misconception is that all of that treatment, Weston, are large cases, right? Well, you say, well, yeah, that's a lot of treatment, but that's the big implant cases. And that's the expensive things that people can't get done. And, and more often than not, it's not, it's $700, it's $800. The professional, right, that came in that has to get a couple of fillings or a crown and just got busy and then practice didn't get back to them because they weren't in a moating huddle. They weren't talking about it. it it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot less than I think people think, which makes it even more massive. And I think, interestingly enough, if talked about more, it's probably you know, easier to, to get it done because it's not a lot of these right. big cases that you know, can always afford. Right. No, it's not. In fact, I just clicked on some patients right now, Dr. Horn's practice right now, and I'm looking at one patient that her unscheduled treatment of one of the patients coming in is, is an onlay on, on, uh, on tooth 10, right? It, it's, I mean, this is a little procedure, something that they could probably do when, when this patient is in the chair. The problem that we have, John, is that we're just not aware of it. It's not, it's not forefront, right? It's not there. We're not seeing the number every day. We're not looking about it every day. We're not talking about it every single day. And there's a principle out there that what gets talked and discussed and focused on will improve. In fact, the quote that we've all heard many, many times is when performance is improved or when performance is measured, performance improves. And when that measurement is reported back, meaning we share it with the entire team, that rate of improvement will absolutely accelerate. So it's not all just ginormous cases. There are so many. In fact, I just clicked on another on another patient right here. I mean, it's every single patient that I've clicked on so far in this practices that's coming in. Here's a $329 treatment, right? Yeah. Um, here's another one, $232 treatment. That was some scaling that needed to be done. That was presented, and I'm not kidding you right now, in 2017. And it's still sitting here in the treatment planner. So, I mean, we we need to make sure that A, our treatment planners are cleaned up, but B, if we we present something that's diagnosed, the other thing that we've got to recognize is it's not going to get better on its own. It just is not. The decay will continue to occur. It cannot heal itself. So it's either going to be done by you or it's going to be done by someone else. But at some point, it's got to get done. And, uh, and so that's why it's important to talk about this and, and important enough to talk about it every single morning. Every morning, it should be something reviewed and discussed. Yeah, no question. Well, this has been great. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. And, and I mean this sincerely. The client of yours that uh, no longer wanted to have you on from a consulting perspective, I think many people in dentistry are happy that that occurred, <laughs> even though I know it took a little while uh, you know, to, to pass through for you. But I think what you and your team uh, have created and what I know is going to continue to evolve to provide these dashboards, to provide this great narrative and conversations on a daily basis and practices is pretty awesome. So uh, we're, we're really excited that uh, you came on Adom Radio. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And just, just one last word, office managers, be the quarterback, be a quarterback. And uh, that means that you get to call your play sometimes. Yes. You're going to go to your practice owner. You're going to, you're going to talk to her or he, 
and have conversations about what needs to be happening in the practice. But once you have that vision and direction, you be the quarterback and you lead that team. And, uh, and that coach is in that huddle with you. So that's the doctor. That doctor, he or she should be in that huddle with you, supporting you, but you need to be the quarterback. And I promise you, if you get that empowerment, um, you're going to see some successful things happen. You're going to have a lot of fun in your morning huddles. And you're going to clunk around with it at first. If you're not doing a morning huddle and you're just going to get started with this, it's okay to fail. Just fail forward or fail fast and start learning from the things. It's okay to be clunky at first, but just keep working through it until you perfect it. But follow those four steps. Focus on yesterday, today, tomorrow, and then do a motivation. And uh, make sure we follow the three-to-one rule. Always find three things to celebrate before one helpful thing to observe that you need to fix. Excellent. And Weston, share with everybody how they can find out more about Dental Intel, learn more about the platform, and how they can get more information. Yeah, um, going to uh, going to our website is the fastest way to get information. You go to dentalintel.com. So it's www.dentalintel.com. And uh, we love having just conversations. If someone wants to see, John, um, their morning huddle, in our morning huddle application, I am more than happy to give them a free snapshot of this with their data in it to where it would take us five, 10 minutes to do an installation. And then we can pull up their morning huddle and walk them through this type of information that we talked about in, in today's podcast. So yesterday today, motivation so that they can actually see their live information sitting in this application. It's kind of fun for an office member to see that. I'm guessing that he or she will start to recognize, oh my goodness, this saved me a ton of time if I had this. But whether they use Dental Intel or not, it's still nice just to see the oh, flow yeah. of this information. And, and ultimately, you can go create this flow yourself. So we would love the opportunity to show you that so that you can see how to have these impactful meetings in your office. Yeah, well, that's exciting. That's a, an awesome offer. And um, again, th- thanks for your time. And, uh, Thanks for the conversation. Thank you, John. Thanks for doing what you do in this industry, too. It's super helpful to get this education out there. So we appreciate you. Absolutely. Have a wonderful week. You too. All right. See you, Weston. Bye. That's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed this episode on ADOM Radio. Two quick things. If you enjoyed it and would love to hear more episodes, head out to iTunes and or Google Play and download ADOM Radio. Go ahead and actually subscribe to the podcast. That way, as we do more episodes, they will come through on your device of choice. Also, I want to encourage you to head out to the ADOM website, dentalmanagers.com. That's dentalmanagers.com. There are so many great resources on there. If you're a member, there's new stuff. You can sign up for the ADOM conference, which is the event of the year, which is in July this year in Orlando, July 18th of the 20th. But also, if you have any colleagues out there that are not ADOM members, they're doing some great things this year with membership. The resources are super abundant, so be sure to check it out. That's dentalmanagers.com. Dentalmanagers.com. Thanks for joining us.